So this week's guest is Dara McElhenney. Um, he's 19 at the moment and when we get into the podcast you'll see what it, like how how humble he is how refreshing it is that he's not this cocky young lad uh, like the athletes that have gone in the past um he's far from it and it's really in, it's really refreshing to see um he, even when he does talk about what he's done uh it it's not in a cocky way it's it's hard to explain. His PB's uh, going from when he was 18. Uh, his 800 meter PB is 154. His 1500 is 345. Um, and like we get that, we talk about that in the podcast. I don't think that's a true representation of what he could do over 1500. Um, 3000 is 801. And 5000 is 1354. And that ranked him second in Europe uh, junior behind Jakob um, and that the three thousand is a national junior record, and so is the five thousand. So we recorded this outdoors in Kenya, um. So it has a nice little ASMR feel about it. Um. So I suppose we'll just get straight into the podcast, and you can learn a bit more about them. Enjoy. Actually, before we start, can you give my? Uh, is it a channel? Is that what a podcast channel is? Could you give that a subscribe and a rating, please, as well? Um, and you can see on my YouTube channel as well that uh, I there's a video up there with uh, Dara, Dara McElhenney, Michal Power, Toss Hayes or Thomas Hayes, and uh, Dara Fitzgibbons. So head over to my YouTube channel as well. Give that a subscribe while you're at it and uh, see them in action on the track. Dara is racing in AIT Grand Prix in the mile and it's actually a world record attempt by uh, Tefera from Ethiopia he's trying to break the mile world record and Dara is going after the youngest person in Ireland to break four minutes for the mile um, which I, I don't really have a doubt that he'll do so anyway enjoy the podcast and uh, next week we'll I'd say I'll probably put up the Zane Robertson podcast, which isn't as good quality a podcast uh, audio-wise than this podcast here. Um, right, enjoy. What are the questions? Well, I'll start with asking the questions from the listeners. Um, bench press PB. Oh, Jesus. I actually genuinely don't have every bench press. <laughs> uh I'd say I wouldn't do. I don't even know what's good or bad. But I'd say I wouldn't do much more than thirty kg. Jesus, but it's not bad. Well, you don't really need your pecs for running, so yeah, it's it's all right. Um, there's a lot of questions here that uh, I was gonna answer, so I'll leave that. Uh, or I was gonna ask you, so I'll leave that for later. Do you ever feel out? Or no? Do you ever feel you missed out on other opportunities in life as a young person? Um, yeah, naturally enough, but I, I think. Rather than the opportunities being like eradicated, they're more kind of substituted. Like, um, I mean, like, like we're recording this from Kenya. You know what I mean? I would be at home, sitting in college right now. So, I mean, I think it's fair enough to say that you sacrifice some things, but I think what you gain, um, in your like in the journey or whatever is 
as good if not better so I wouldn't look back on any decisions with regret in terms of picking athletics over having a normal life or anything like that um, what's your strength and core training like and how many times a week do you do it when do you when did you start lifting um, I only really started lifting since I went to college so um, back in September um, and typically I try and be in the gym three times a week um, I'll probably only lift twice a week um, but then I'll be in the gym once a week just for kind of mobility and stuff I just find the environment of the gym is much easier to actually get down and spend some proper time on a foam roller or a hockey ball or something like that um, like doing it at home is great in theory but it's quite tough in practice so um, I try and go three times a week and just try and take care of my body that way Do you use protein shakes? Yep um, Is it after every training session or is it after hard ones? Um, uh, typically just after hard ones but then like I'd put protein powder into into my breakfast as well so I'll be getting a hit of protein that way and then depending on like what time I'd have my dinner if I had my dinner early I might have a protein shake before bed as well just to get another hit of protein before I sleep um, but like, I wouldn't be too regimented with how often and how much I take but I kind of know myself that if I'm getting enough protein in during the day there's probably not as much of a need but yeah. if it's a decent way of getting it in otherwise uh, I doubt you track them by how many calories a day absolutely no idea <laughs> Uh, ask him who his barber is because he always has a class fresh trim. <laughs> depends what county I'm in. Well, actually, it depends what, what country county slash country. Yeah, if I'm in Cork, it's Kiwi Cuts. If I'm in Dublin, it's Shane Henry. And if it's in Kenya, it's Evan Scully. So <laughs> I have my pick. Who's your favourite one armed runner? <laughs> it has to be Derek. What's your plan for the future? Stay with the 5,000 metres and train where? That's from Zane. Um. Uh. Well, in terms of like where I'll try and finish out my degree in Dublin, um, that'll bring me to the year before the Paris Olympics, um. So all going well, I'll be in a position where I'm trying to qualify for that, um. So I suppose it's hard to predict now, but I suppose in the ideal scenario, I'd get my degree in the summer of twenty twenty three, um, and then probably do maybe like a year at altitude somewhere, even like here or. I know somewhere in America or something like that, um. But I definitely see once I like if 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 I'm still if I'm at a level that I can justify doing it, I definitely want to go full time as soon as I finish college, um. And in terms of distance wise, I'll probably be staying middle like middle to long like fifteen to five for the next couple of years. But if I feel the need to to move up, I'll I'll do it. What's your favorite pitbull song? <laughs> 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 is Erla going to be better than him? Probably, yeah. <laughs> At everything. Um, what time will you run when you absolutely send it in order to come? Do you know who that's from? No. Jack Morn. Jack Morn. Uh, uh, hopefully this year now, like I think last year really gave me a basis to um to build on my PBs, especially just with the year that was in it last year. Like I, I was only able to train once a day. Um, with school and everything, um, I think just with the with the setup this year, being able to train twice a day and get my miles up, and giving more time to gym and SNC and stuff, I'd be hoping that I could, just, you know, maybe not make the exact same like like it was seventeen second improvement over five k last year, and obviously that's probably reaching a small bit, but I'd just definitely be hoping to be into the low thirteen forties next year over five k. Well, it's only fourteen seconds. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. What's his goal for this upcoming track season? You probably you yeah, just kind of answered just that. Just answered it there. Is he attending school? No. 
Right, so the quick fire and questions. I don't know. Crystal Palace or Cork City? Crystal Palace. Ooh. 15, 3 or 5? 3. 13.54 uh, or Euro Bronze Medal? 13.54. Golf or table tennis? Table tennis. Roy Keane or Dennis Irwin? Neither. Right, Roy Keane. <laughs> right, okay. <laughs> uh, so usually when you have someone breaking all the Irish junior records or people who are winning all the time, they seem to always be a bit cocky or uh, have this air of invincibility about them. Uh, but I don't get that with Dara. He's fairly... Well, he's not fairly level-headed. He is level-headed. Uh, and he's caring doesn't coming on to you here <laughs> but like he's always going to tear up now <laughs> he's always looking after everybody else in the camp as well um and one of the girls was surprised that he's actually 19 he they thought he was older so that's kind of the, the the person that i suppose i've only spoken to you really in the last two weeks three mm. weeks maybe um so one of the main questions i think uh with what was going on in the last maybe year and a half year maybe uh, you've had three different transition between coaches so Steve Macklin Dave McCarthy and now Emmett Dunleavy um, how do you feel that that how, how did that impact you um, I suppose like it did like it's 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 it certainly had its its challenges but I think probably a lot of the challenges were subconscious because to be honest it actually hasn't I haven't really felt that it's it's been too impacting on on like my career so far um, but I think to be fair a lot of that is down to like the teachings of my previous coaches as well um, like if there's one thing I've learned is that like there's no magic coach like I've had great results from from any coach I've ever been with and I think there is no there's no magic formula and one thing that Steve Macklin would have always drilled into us when we were younger is that if you're accountable for yourself then you're gonna do you know like you can't have a coach constantly telling you what to do in between training because that's sometimes what you're doing in between training is as important as what you're doing when you are. Um, and I think the good habits were really drilled into us when we were when we were younger, when we were kind of youths and juniors. Um, and I think that's nearly more important in a sense than than the coaching than the coaching aspect. Like Emmett, Emmett's a great coach. Dave was a great coach. Macklin was a great coach. But They're all kind of different as well. Well, I suppose Emmett and Steve would kind of be similar. Mm. I suppose. But Dave is the complete opposite, I think, to all of them. Mm. Oh yeah, certainly. Oh, like they are all very different. Like as you say, they are they are all very different characters. But at the same time, I think they they share a lot of the, a lot of the kind of favorable traits in a person as well. And um, they're all very kind of open and like you know you never never feel like you have to hold a question back. Um, and like if there was something with any of my previous coaches and my current coach that you know if there was something in training that I thought maybe I had to do a little bit more of this, a little bit more of that, like I wouldn't bite my tongue. Um, I think having that kind of um, having that kind of relationship with your coach makes a huge difference, and it's nearly more important that way than just what's on your training schedule yeah. in the six or seven days a week. Um, when did you start running? Uh, actually, I was running since I was, I was running since I was like eight, but it was never really never really anything too serious until I was fourteen or fifteen. Then I joined Macklin when I was fifteen, um, and that was when I definitely kind of started to put the foot down a bit. Um, but I think, like, I, I, if I could go back, there's no way I'd start doing it, start training seriously any earlier because, I mean, like, you know, it's a fairly... It's a fairly As in 14, you started doing, started training, no, like structure training? Yeah, yeah, I would have been doing, like, four days a week when I was 14 and 15, and then up to five or six days a week when I was 16, and I think that was perfect, really. Like, anything more, 
any sooner I think nearly would have broken me a small bit you know yeah. um, like I was very I was very relaxed about my training when I was younger and then I was like doing it with other sports and stuff and then I suppose I got to 16 and I had a bit of a taste of success and I just decided that it would probably be a stupid decision to do anything then uh, other than pursue pursue a career in running and I can't can't complain so far so happy yeah. days so you ran thirteen fifty four during your leave. Well, not during your leave. Well, I suppose it was during your leave. Yeah, it was wasn't it? Two weeks. Well, ten days from leaving. So yeah. Yeah. How did you? How did you structure training? Um, or was the w- the work was pretty much done, but like you still would have had to have been studying nearly all year. Um, mm. so for six years coming up now, uh, how did you? How did? You, how did you structure training and your studies? Um, I suppose like to be honest, I don't really want to blow my own trumpet and act like a model student athlete because I probably let the, the student side of it kind of kind of fall a small bit I think it's one of those things like if you are somebody who's like who doesn't procrastinate and somebody who's good with their time management I think like 100% you can because you know like you, you hear stories often about people maybe giving up for, for leaving cert and it, like if you want to do your very very best in, in your leaving cert maybe that is the way to go but I think it's very much achievable to do a good leaving cert for the level of academics that you're at and also get a good year of running um like for me i was i was like relatively disciplined in terms of training like i used to like one morning a week i used to run before school um so then i'd have and i used to do my gym work so that was on a tuesday and then i used to do my gym work during religion and pe during the day so then i'd all a tuesday like to study or whatever after school um and that, the same thing any day i had religion and careers they used to be back to back so i used to always go to the gym during those and then same thing with pe I used to get eight miles done every PE class, um, and to be honest, like I, ju- I was just in a bit of a routine. Like, like the leaving starts a shitty year, no matter what. Like, do you know what I mean? Like nobody's so gonna not curse. <laughs> <laughs> nobody's gonna go into the leaving cert and you know come out saying that was grand because like it is, it is a shitty year. But at the same time, I do think good running results and good academic results are definitely possible if you just pick out little holes in the in your day where you can fit in. Even if it's only like if if you're Dublin at that age, no, I wasn't now, but if you were it might be an idea to do half an hour before before school get up half an hour earlier do do a half an hour run then maybe get another half an hour done straight after and you'd be home by five o'clock and you could have your study you know even study then so i think that's loads like i wouldn't be going doing those 10 or 12 hour shifts like because that just break you like yeah um uh, and then leading on from the school part of it and a lot of people ask this question as well how come you chose to stay in ireland rather than on the American route because I'm I'm guessing you had like a lot of uh, a lot of places to go in America yeah and did you go over to America to see what they were like no I never actually went over Um, I wouldn't say I regret not going over but like if you even if you are somebody who like was thinking about staying staying learning there's probably there's probably no harm in going over and just just having a look Um, I don't know I suppose the main reason I didn't go was just because I didn't feel the need to Um, like you know I've every year like every year since I've been running I've PB'd and it's been with the same training group at home and I think I probably kind of value value the training group too much to, to go to America as obviously you'd slot into the American system and you'd have like a new a new group of athletes to run with and you'd adapt very quickly but I don't know I just think that I really hit the jackpot when I was 15, 16 joining the group that I did um, and I think we kind of showed that last year that you know it's not just one or two of us that are running well like there was huge pbs across the board for our group mm. and i kind of just thought like if it's not broken don't fix it yeah. um and i said just for do you know like cause there's obviously there's always a plane over do you know what i mean if, if you're getting an offer when you're 17 then you're still going to get an offer when you're 18 19 20 if you do want to go so i was like for now i'm just going to stay in Ireland and keep doing what i'm doing and then if it does get to 
I don't know, third or fourth year, well, fourth year, once I graduate and I think maybe a postgrad or something like that um, is on the cards in America, then, then I'll, I'll, you know, I'll definitely consider it. Um, but yeah, if I think if you're in, if you're in, a, if you have a good coach and like you're you're in a good training group, then I wouldn't I wouldn't be rushing to get on a plane. But at the same time, some people need it for their careers, you know, because there is a lot of distractions in Ireland as well that I obviously I don't know from experience, but I would imagine probably don't have the same distractions in America. Um, and sometimes you just need to get away from get away from the distractions and just concentrate fully. Um, and I've absolutely nothing against the NCAA system, like it's like it's proven to really help loads of runners but then again so is staying at home so I think it's much of much just really it's just down to the person yeah you have like the group that you have with it, with Emmett as the coach as well like there's there's loads of people from college to senior athletes mm. Um. so yeah I think like there was four years on the track today all coached by the one person exactly yeah Um. and like you can't really beat that. Mm, exactly, yeah. And that was that was the story of our of our winter really, like, you know, we we days down we we day down in Curra and there was probably about ten lads. Like we did a we did like a tempo kinda of hill session, whatever, and there was probably ten lads all coached by Emmett that were sitting at the same pace for a tempo and then obviously then like, because a lot of the times with tempo like you're just looking for a relative effort, you know what I mean? Mm. Um and when so much of the year is dominated by building a base, like I don't think you need to be training with world beaters to get that done. Like there's like sure like there's lads there's going to be lads at every level who are capable of running like your, your similar pace and like there's there's great lads in MS group that are always keeping keeping me on my toes like if you look at me whole run 14.04 last summer and Evan run 14.13 I mean like Dara Fitzgibbon run day 12 like there's loads and loads of lads and then even outside of those like there's older people then as well you know that like we'd meet up the odd weekend and do a session and I think when we're all singing off the same hymn sheet and we all have the same coach then you know like I think a big reason that you would go to America is for the group um, if you feel like you're doing a lot on your own, but I've I've never really felt like I'm isolated at home, so I just didn't didn't see the need to change the environment. Yeah. Um, a few other questions, or a lot of people ask this question as well, um, and I don't like you mightn't see it at the moment. Uh, they've worded it a bit uh, differently to the way I'm gonna ask you, but it was about Ephraim and him now running for Ireland. Um, I think. I think it's a good thing because like it's he's you're always going to have competition now in your age group um but wh how did it how did it feel when he was able to run for ireland and then get the euro bronze cross country well i think it was great for everybody like at the end of the day like a rising tide lifts all boats and to have somebody somebody as as talented as Ephraim um to to train against or to 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 race against and him being my my age as well like i mean it, even like not even from it from a selfish point of view i mean he deserves a chance to run for ireland um as is anybody in his position so i think the fact that he's been granted that and the the timing of it was was brilliant as well you know just before your cross um for it for him to get his eligibility i think it it worked out perfectly and i think to be honest i just think like the whole like you kind of see it like throughout the country that even like if there's if there's non-nationals coming over winning road races and people giving out about it i just I don't know. I just think it's a bit ridiculous because, like, at the end of the day, if they're good enough, like, like, I don't know, if, if they're good enough to win a road race, well, then don't give out about them being better than you. Just try and get onto their level. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> and like, it was like, like, obviously not gonna lie. Like, I was, I would have been used since I was fifteen, really, um, to being the best, like the, the best runner my age in Ireland over cross country. And then obviously, like, Ephraim actually wiped the floor of me this year in Eurocross. And like, it's like, I mean, it's it's humbling, like, but at the same time, it's it's great, like, because I mean, now he's he's in my sights and he's in everybody's sights and I think naturally enough if you've got somebody who's 
um, who's gonna who's capable of come, getting a, a medal at, at Eurocross then for to be anything but ecstatic that he can represent Ireland I think would be a bit foolish yeah what was it like when he's when you thought he's had a uh, Euro medal and then <laughs> uh, what was it a half an hour 40 minutes after yeah oh it was it was like it was obviously great like for when we thought we had it but it was we was looking for an Irish flag all we had sure we had the we had the fucking accreditations for the medal ceremony we had everything like like the only thing that was missing was the medal around our necks really yeah. um, and I suppose like from a personal point of view that day like I was I was quite disappointed with my run but the first thing I heard when I came over the line was like you've done it so like for about 40 minutes like I didn't even take it didn't even take a second really to to like reflect on my own performance so that, that was kind of masked for a while and then after about 20 minutes there started to be a bit of ambiguity we were like we actually thought we'd got third by two points and then the next thing we, we were all in the call room waiting and doing interviews and all that um, and then next thing then we're told oh we're actually on even points and one of the lads Jamie Jamie Battle knew that it was going to go on count back because he'd been in the he'd been in that position a few times in the schools competitions because I've actually never competed for a team medal in my life in any in anything really like um so I didn't really understand like the whole count back thing I didn't I didn't know what it was until after um but like as soon as there was ambiguity he was saying he was like we're not getting a medal like and you know I, obviously then I didn't want to get my hopes up and then we got told and it was just the most gut wrenching thing ever like you know it all just came crashing down then as well because. I had 10 minutes of like oh we're not after getting a team medal and then just as I was beginning to get my head around that I realised jeez I'm after running shite now as well I had to fucking comprehend that in my head as well do you know what I mean so to be honest like Eurocross this year like was was a poor experience like and to be honest as was cross country this year as a whole like I just I was I was just kind of just struggling from from the get go really um, just just a bit of an issue like with, with my back and my hip and stuff that kind of comes to the fore on like undulating courses and stuff I can kind of mask it when I'm running on the flat because I have a kind of constant body like posture mm-hmm. whereas when I'm just going up and down it's just like the bottom of my back like my lower back just can't really handle it and like the whole the whole cross country season this year was, was tough like I spent more time in physios rooms and doing exercise than I did nearly running so yeah. to be honest I'm happy to see the back of it um, but it's it's grand I'm actually getting a fairly long term plan now to try and to try and fix that problem so hopefully now for Dublin 2020 I'll be I'll be back to myself because I really, I think that's like the main thing. Really, I just did not feel myself once this year. Really, like, and I think even your what what was the road relay? Is fourteen fifty five or fourteen forty five? It was fourteen forty. Yeah, like yeah. it was grand. Like, like the road release was a grand result, but like it was it was grand. Like you know what I mean? It wasn't it, like it was. I think the fitness was actually was actually there, um, but I think coming down to the road relays, like this this was November and I hadn't I hadn't got a race effort in yet. And I was kind of playing catch up a bit, and I kind of just went out and just just hit it as hard as I could really, and I think that did help in fairness, because then the All Ireland's the week later, I think uh, at least I had the confidence of doing something decent, um, and obviously like I was going toe for toe with Pierre that day, and obviously Pierre's a great athlete, so I think I kind of got some bit of a reassurance of of the shape I was in that time, but then I think again like it's kind of happened the last couple of years, it kind of gets masked a bit in the national championships, because like if I can get around. And I can win the race, and it's like, oh, it's grand. But then, when you when push really comes to shove in Eurocross, and I mean, like, like there's lads who I maybe mean, thirty or forty seconds faster than over five k that are coming by me in the last lap. Then, then you know something's up, you know. So hopefully, I just pull all that kind of shit to bed next year and just have a nice, have a good track season this year again. Get the, get the legs under me again. Mm. So the injury that you've had, well, I suppose it's it's not just recent. It's been it's nearly a, a chronic thing rather than an acute thing but it only came to the fore really uh, this cross country season 
In September maybe Yeah Kind of I suppose To be honest with the last Like The first time I ever felt it Was in the autumn open In 2017 So what actually is it? So basically it's just It's kind of coupled It's my lower back And my hip So basically I've got A cam in my left hip um, Which basically just Is like a little growth Off the Diaphysis Or the yeah, so it's it's an impingement in your yeah, hip. Let him do the talking now about that. <laughs> There's an impingement in the hip that limits the range of motion in it, mm. um, and then that the muscles around it acts as a protective mechanism, and then that uh, complicates everything from the back to the hip flexor to hamstring. Yeah, so naturally enough, then my kind of my kind of default position is putting a lot of pressure then on my facet joint and on the muscles around that. Um, so I can kind of get away with it when I'm running on the flat. And on like a good kind of like sturdy, sturdy kind of surface where where there's not many variables, I can kind of I can get away with it grand because I know like positions that my body, uh, that my body feel grand in. So like like I, I run with quite a lean, like a bit of a lean forward. So that's basically like just taking like it's like I don't notice myself doing it, but like if I ever see myself in a video, basically I'm just trying to take the pressure off the facet joint. Um, but then naturally enough, I'm running cross country, and like you know you're three laps in, you're absolutely wrecked, and you're going down a hill naturally enough you kind of step back try and open up your lungs and that absolutely kills my back and I mean it, this like it, the last couple of years the first time I ever felt it was in the autumn open in 2017 and I think basically it's kind of just been a, a case of like like even though I've had decent results over cross country the last couple of years none of them have actually if you actually sit down and look at them none of them have been anywhere near as good as my track results yeah, and definitely. I think just because I was able to maybe win a national title it was very much masked and I, I'd still just be happy after a race and I mean I'd just be like oh yeah my back was a bit sore but it doesn't matter because I won do you know what I mean but then I think every year I've gone to Eurocross and I've actually underperformed and I think it really just took this year um, just got into the autumn open and I just I don't know why it was so bad this year it was like certainly worse this year than it was the last couple of years but it just it just came on me so bad and it just basically just locked up my legs and I just couldn't move at all so I ended up dropping out of that and to be honest I after the autumn open I was going to call my cross country season completely I remember just thinking like it's it's just a horrible feeling I think it's like and like anybody will be able to relate to this it's just when you don't do, do yourself justice like and I think I stood on the start line of every cross country race this year knowing I wasn't going to do myself justice which is kind of a horrible place to be as well because it's like like, like it's just human nature that every time you line up like you're going to be you're going to be judged by you know like people higher than you people yeah. lower than you and your peers so I think to know it on the start line of every race that like this isn't going to be good like this isn't going to be my best like um, does it go through your head what other people are thinking when you're on the start line and I suppose expected to win does it go through your head that you're that that's what people are thinking like I don't mind on the track I'm, I'm like uh, completely transparent on the track I'm just like there's nothing wrong with me ever on the track like do you know what I mean like I'll never like when I'm onto the track like I feel 100% dramatically like and if I don't run well then I deserve to be judged kind of thing I think just the issue like the issue with this has just been basically like <clears throat> being in a cross country race and like I just don't even want to tell people afterwards my back was sore because I feel like I'm just making up excuses because especially if it's even like a lot of the time it's just the people even close to me because I'm like yeah my back was really sore but then they'll see me jogging the next day and I'll feel fine so that like that is annoying like you know and I suppose in fairness like I've been getting good help from the institute and stuff um I need to just like for the next basically twelve months like until the next cross country season, like it's been it's been fitted into my strength and conditioning program now to just loads and loads of hip hip work, like strength and mobility and the same thing with my back and really kinda getting the deep core like strengthened as well. 
so I'm hoping like that through kind of diligent work like for the next eight or nine months that I'll be able to line up 100% Darmac Lindy cross country next year as well because cross country was actually like my first love as well like like I used to I used to play for a 12 month cross country season as well when I was like 15, 16 it used to be where I felt my best and then I don't know just as this kind of issue started creeping up on me I probably didn't notice it for until really last year maybe in 2017 I kind of just put it in the back of my mind I didn't even really tell anybody about it because it didn't seem that necessary I suppose last year and this year now it's kind of it's kind of changed and it's had me just as soon as cross country's over I'm just delighted like like I came over cross, like Eurocross the last thing I said I don't have to run on a blade of grass until next October and I was delighted like you know what I mean um so I suppose yeah like like obviously that's getting away a bit away from the question but as you were saying like on the start line having the expectation I think that's just something you do with regardless like you know um like no matter what sport profession anything you're in there's gonna always gonna be expectation I suppose just like dealing with that is, is part of every day as much as it's part of elite running and when you don't have the result that you want um, how do you deal with it in the days afterwards like is it are you the type of person to go out and start hammering it I don't think you are but uh, would you would you settle on it and think like ruminate in your head about the result <laughs> I wouldn't really like I think no not really to be honest like I I'd like I kind of have a bit of a ritual like especially if it's like a 5k track race or a cross country race where your body would be in bits after just the next day I always just do 30 minutes easy and then the next day after that I always take a rest day and I think like because that's like fixed my plan I'd nearly not even talk to my coach until a couple of days after just let everything simmer down a bit like Jesus, I'd hate that really? yeah I'd hate that as a coach <laughs> oh yeah 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 I would like I, I obviously I keep him informed but like, like if it races on a Sunday it'd probably be Wednesday morning naturally enough before your, all your emotions are kind of are kind of back down to like a normal level and I suppose like you're it's kind of just you're responding you're thinking about the the reply mm. well when you've got so many races as well you know like obviously if it's the, if it's the biggest race of the year that, that'd be different but most of the time it's like okay this race went shit but I have another one in two weeks like so the longer you dwell in it the more energy you're taking away from the next one so I suppose that's a great thing about having races planned out because it keeps you keeps you kind of looking long term as well like I already know every track race I'm going to run this year because I think going from it for a week to week basis, as you said, the emotions get better if you like. Like I'm looking at it for, at Christmas from a logical point of view, like what are the best races to run? Whereas I know for a fact, like if I got into, if I didn't have a plan when I got into the summer, I'd want to do every race going. And at the end of the day, that wouldn't obviously be the best thing for it either. So I think kind of just sitting back and trying to have a kind of, kind of more um, objective view of what's going on is probably the best way after a bad race. Yeah. <laughs> 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 um, when when we went down to the cross country in E10, and you seen how fast uh, like the people back in fifty or sixty or like last, um, how how did you find that looking at that thinking holy shit like I have to race against these or how, did did you feel did you feel motivated motivated or deflated? That's actually a really good question. I actually felt a small bit deflated. Not gonna lie, like I think. It's kind of like a constant thing that be going on in my head, really. It's like, what's... Like, I, like, I always have to ask myself, like, what do I have to achieve that, like, at the end of my career, I'll say, like, I'm happy with it? And I think, realistically, like, naturally enough, I'd say, like, everybody would be the same. Like, you're never really happy, like, you know what I mean? Mm. Like, at the start of the year, I wanted to get a European medal. And at the start of last year, I wanted to get a European medal in the 5K. And I wanted to go sub-14. And I did both of them, but I cried for about two hours after I came third in the <laughs> Europeans. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's just one of those things. It's like... I think to look at all the case like everything out here like every day you go for a jog you're probably meeting like 
especially when you're out here in Kenya like you're you're going for a jog and you're probably running past 50 or 6 people who are like way better than you yeah. but I think like you only have to race against trade them. exactly <laughs> yeah 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 and it's the same even like I think that's that's actually nearly another reason why I love the track so much is because there's measures for everything like like I ran 13.54 last year and I want to run in the 13.40s next year and I mean if I look at that as like a, a progression let's say it's when I'm like 25 then like I expect myself to be in the 13.0s sub 13 when I'm that age and realistically even though there's so many people who would like like you've seen across country they're, they're running up at 2400 meters altitude hills and everything they're running like 28 something for the 10k cross there's always going to be people like that but I think realistically if you're running 13 zeros or sub 13 and it, for the 5k well then there's, there's nothing really limiting you, limiting you do you know yeah. especially if you're the type that's a good racer and you've got the wheels over the short distances Um, I mean like I don't think we're short of like European motivation either or even just like non like non-African motivation like there is there is people there is people doing it from the same backgrounds as me or the same backgrounds as, as anybody else. So I think I think to just watch that race and say, geez, they're all so much better than me, I'm never catching him would be a real like just a weak mindset. Like I think if you're betting yourself every day then realistically you're you're gonna rise up to the top at some stage. There's a difference your phone or my phone. Uh there's a difference between PBs and championship racing, like if you look at Centro in the Olympics mm. Like he hasn't broken three thirty yet, mm. and he's an Olympic champion. Mm. Um. So yeah, I'd like if you if you you seem to be a good championship runner. Um. So I think it's completely different to running PBs. Like obviously it helps, but mm. uh, PBs aren't everything at a championship. Hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. Hundred percent. Uh. Even Lewandowski and at the Worlds. Mm. Uh. This year, like he was third. Yeah, he I was. did watch it. But I don't know. His third, yeah. Um, Chariot was first, then McLuffy, then Lewandowski. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You're right. Jesus, me, how long? Right. <laughs> I've been asking my da- I've been asking myself that for the last three and a half years. You're doing indoor. Uh, you're doing indoors this year. Mm. Well, you always do, but uh, you're entered into a world record attempt. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So if, you, if you knew the fairy was going in, would you would you have entered? I think I think if someone's going at a world record pace, it's gonna bring the field along, even if you're in last. Oh if yeah, you, if yeah. you go out sensibly. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. No. Oh geez. Yeah. Hundred percent. Like, I remember watching that last year, like, and seeing it won. Lewandowski won it last year. Was it fifty six or fifty seven? Yeah. And he I was, was thinking, going mad. Yeah. I think it was going for the Pol- Polish record. Yeah. But either way, like, I think like same like with City Sports and Morton and all that, they're usually winning like. 55, 56 like and they're they're grand did you know like like you could be like a couple of seconds off like a, a world class runner and I always think they're like and, and kind of like achieve your goal or whatever so I think this year it was kind of something I definitely wanted to do especially coming back from here I want to maybe try and do something and if I have my facts right I think I'd be the youngest if I was to go sub 4 which is a big if in fairness because like my PB is 345 you probably want to be like a 342 343 runner to do um and I think maybe if AIT I don't think that three forty five is right though. Like I think, uh, I think in a in a better race you'd be like closer to three forty. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah, no, yeah, I agree to an extent. Anyway, yeah, I definitely think like like I think like I, I certainly didn't get I didn't run the perfect race when I ran when I ran three forty five. I think I think definitely if AIT was a little bit later in the season that I think I could definitely nail four minutes. And I still think I can. To be honest, I'm gonna do some sort of like a. If I can find a race, I might do one, but probably just do a time trial before it, um, and try and just try and just let rip in it. Like, but either way, anyway, um, I've got the national senior three k like 
I think is it three weeks after that? It's like three, two and a half weeks after that. Mm. So it's it's a short it's a short indoor season this year, but it's two like quality races, you know, two two races that I like. I hope I can get the best out of myself in. Um, like I'm I'm skipping like AI Games this year, and last year I did um I did AI Games. I did like the Offaly Open. I did like the Connacht Seniors. I did a few kind of smaller races last year. Um, but this year I'm kind of just going going for the two big ones because I think at the end of the day, like. Like I am, like I'm, I'm 19 now. I'm coming into my senior races. I need to start, like, like if you if you want to if you want to make it, like you have to start competing with the with the with the rest of the lads. You know what I mean? Like I don't want to go into a race and win it in like 3:49 or something like that. Like I'd rather come last in 3:48. You know what I mean? Like yeah. so, I think having that race on your door, like on your doorstep, you're not alone. It's like I think I'd be a bit of a fool not to not to try and go into it. Um, obviously it's a world record attempt as well. So like that, if he does break it, that'd be a nice thing to be able to say say I was in. Um, part of history part of history yeah um, hopefully I'll make my own little bit of history on the same day so. so when do you turn 20 I'm not 22 November so I'm only just after turning 19 um, was Tobin's record indoors or outdoors I think it was indoors but I'm actually not sure I actually might text him <laughs> I'll find out his date of birth <laughs> <Yeah. or something. laughs> see how long I have and put a line through his PB <laughs> yeah, what yeah. he ran 3.59 what or was it 3.59 I don't know I just know it was so far yeah, like I, I, I think he just about got under uh, 4 yeah that was an unbelievable achievement first year of the junior to be doing that yeah. and I think even like to be following in somebody like Sean's footsteps as well you know like getting those like and as as I was saying earlier like when I was saying about um about non-African motivation in terms of like, like the, the top Europeans I think like in the last couple of years there's a lot more Irish motivation as well um, like as bad as it sounds a couple of years ago I remember looking at the best Irish distance runners and I was like is this, is this as good as it's going to be like do you know what I mean no disrespect to them at the time but it's just I don't think Irish Legs was in as good a place. No, certainly in my event, in fourteen, anyway. you were like, you were probably going to win cha- national championships. Yeah, yeah. Um, like there was no one really that was lighting up the track. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I think even last year, I remember like John Travers running thirteen twenty eight. He was actually in the race before me in Origin, um, and I was over. And like I think just seeing seeing somebody like that do something like that is is really motivating as well. I was actually in Origin on the start line, like kind of doing my drills or whatever, just over at the 200 meter start for the 5k and he was coming around with like a couple laps to go and he was absolutely ripping it and like I was in the same race as Hall and two of us were just watching it and you got a great buzz off that you know what I mean and I think it's, it's so important for to have people like that and then even this year like Sean breaking the, the four mile road the road record and then even in the marathon like obviously you know I don't see myself going to the marathon for another well if ever but definitely not in the next couple of years but even just seeing lads like I'm afraid I don't know now, like I might be off my facts but like I'd say a few years ago there wasn't many lads going sub 215 really no, like at uh, London, there was three people who went sub uh, two fifteen, but it was like by fifteen seconds. Maybe. Yeah. Um, and probably marathon mission brought that along as well. Um, organizing all the marathoners to train together. Mm, yeah. Um, but yeah, like the the road scene is after. It's probably the one event that has most people have been PBing or progressed in Irish mm. athletics. Mm. Uh. But would you do a marathon? Like, oh. would you would you ever want to do a marathon? To be honest, I'd say I probably would. Like, um, it, obviously, it's for like, God only knows how the career's gonna go. But like, like if you get, like, I think if you do get to a stage where like, maybe you're not able to be as competitive over over like five k, ten k anymore, then I suppose it's kind of, it's kind of nearly natural progression. Yeah, just it's it's inevitable, really. That you're like, good, you get like get longer. And I think like, John Tracy's has a, another record there. I know. <laughs> it's funny, like I was with myself and me holding on looking at the under twenty three records a few days ago and 
What are it's just John Tracy all the way up like. Is it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think it's thirteen is it twenty three or it's in twenty six or so, it's in the twenties and thirteen twenties and that's John Travers or John Tracy. Yeah. Fairly sure he has ten K. Then he has like obviously the Martin. I think like it's funny like just even like breaking his record when I was when I was sixteen and then obviously he had the five K record before Mulcair. Um I just I don't know, it, it's it's quite a cool thing to to be run the same times as him at the same age and then look to where he went because um, I think like 1354 like it's great as a junior but like it's it's nothing on the broad scheme of things you know what I mean like 1354 like if if, uh, if an senior on 1354 like but you're not senior I know but that's the, the but, second fastest time in Europe but that's what I'm sa- that, yeah that's what I'm saying though like it, uh, I mean it's, it's all well and good to run it as a junior but I mean like if you're not progressing then it means nothing like to me do you know what I mean yeah. um, same thing this, as is the, this is the wise head that I was talking about earlier <laughs> <laughs> I think, like a lot of other people like I'm class around 1354 where you're like okay well it's a stepping stone to something that I'm going to get close to 13 and breaking 13 mm. yeah naturally enough it was actually it's funny now it was actually Owen Totten text me the day I ran because I met Owen out in Portugal last year um, we were in training camp in, in April and when I ran 1354 he sends me like I've, I got loads of messages that night and they were all just well done great run blah 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 but I think Owens Owens was probably the only one I actually remember he just said something along the lines of 1354 or he said great run 1354 um, now 1254 as a senior and I think that kind of yeah. just that really put it into perspective like do you know what I mean because yeah. like I suppose like if, if all you were if all you were trying to do is break junior records like, I could think I could pick out any 15 year old who runs in Ireland and probably get him to break my record and break him and have no progression like, <laughs> yeah, do you know yeah. what I mean it's all well and good but I think unless you're progressing I think between now and when I finish my college degree really like the next kind of three four years are vital as well because if you it's very easy to get left behind if you don't keep progressing like I by it's the time only I f- about two seconds a lap yeah yeah but by the, by the <laughs> time I finish college like I, I want to be running 13 hours 100% yeah. and if I'm not then I won't have in my head I won't have fulfilled what I could have done as a junior because I'm sitting here now and I know that I can do that yeah. if I do the right things between now and then I make the right decisions so that's if I get to the end of my college like whenever I'm 23, 24 and I'm not running 30 no's or better then I'll know that I've done something wrong do you know what I mean? Uh, Craig has the 5k record isn't he? Is yeah. 13 no 3? I think so yeah. 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 Um, Speedy. Yeah. So I know you're hugely into music. Uh, who do you listen to music before your race? Yeah. And who, what playlist would you have on? ASAP Rocky, best tunes, on repeat. No people, no? No. <laughs> Never heard of him. <laughs> um, so ASAP Rocky, even if you're like warming down? Before, during, after. When I wake up, before I go to bed. <laughs> um, are you watching anything on Netflix? Just finished Power. Yeah. Just finished Top Boy. And I, I, I need to get like I, I will get into them, but when I was at home, I never used to do it because I was an absolute, I was completely addicted to FIFA when I was at home. <laughs> but then since I went to college, I've kind of stopped playing it as much, so I have been watching more. But um, I think before my leaving, sir, I watched like one series from start to finish ever. It's Peaky Blinders because I used to just play. You were in that. <laughs> <laughs> Google who Daryl McElhenney, Daryl McElhenney is, and uh, you'll see what I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez, I'm flattered. <laughs> I'm really blowing your trumpet here. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want to go for drinks after? <laughs> Do you have any questions for me? Yes, I definitely do. Let me think. Oh God. Um, looking at me as a junior, I don't mean to be 
completely self-centered I'll ask something else after this as well but looking at me as a junior and obviously you've been in Kenya for the last two and a half three weeks while I've been here as well what do you think is like a vital thing not necessarily just in your training because obviously you spend time similar to how you've been in Kenya with me now and with everybody else in the camp you spend time and such long periods of time with such elite athletes like such as McLuffy and and whoever else what do you kind of see perhaps that's like done regimentally by other athletes like kind of world-class athletes that maybe you don't see not just in me but just in like maybe Irish people in general just like it could even be like a cultural thing that we just stay up too late or I don't know you you know what I'm getting at yeah Um, so do you think that you could basically give the advice to other Irish athletes that basically you've seen from other people that you think they should bring more into their training than into their lifestyle uh I think listening to your coach is the number, not the number one thing, but it is high up there. Um, and there was one run that we did with, there was a load of us running, uh, and it was supposed to be an easy run. And your target of whatever the training session is, if it's a session, tempo, easy run, you have to stick to that. And we got a bit carried away. We started doing sixes into, this, into the run, um, and you dropped back and stuck to the plan where you didn't get carried away and start hammering the the easy run. Uh, so I think that was... That's because I was fucked. <laughs> I know, you, I know, you could, I know. You could have went. I know, yeah. Yeah, yeah like I, I, I actually said it to Arthur on the run, I was like, that's very wise. <laughs> I was like, no, it, it takes balls to do that instead of just being thick-headed and going with uh, whoever was at the front. Um, I think there's a lot of... There's a huge thing about... Um, running fast f- fast times all the time instead of learning the tactics of a race yeah uh, because like the the success comes from winning championships mm. um, like you, you look at uh, Tedeschi who ran he's a half mar- he was the half marathon world record holder but like he hasn't won a, a, a major championships apart from the world cross country that Bekele dropped out of mm. um, but like he he used to do stupid tactics in a race and go to the front and push and be be a rabbit for everybody. And I think in Ireland there's a, there's a, always a thing in juvenile races where you have one person lashing at the front and you put them into a championship race and they haven't a clue what to do. Yeah. Um, and I think then because you're always trying to run fast, you you don't have you don't have the explosive power mm. because a fifteen hundred race in a championship isn't a fifteen hundred. It's like seven hundred meters. Mm. Uh, and I don't think we tap into speed, like raw, raw speed, okay. and do all out one hundreds, um, and that's where, like, if you look at championship running, it's one in the last fifty meters. Mm. It's not one at the sta- It's not one in the start of the race. Yeah, very. Uh, I think we're too fixated on pace in training. So, um, like, let's say your tempo run is five minutes or five fifteen in between that. And then you think your easy run is 6.30s. Mm. So between your easy recovery run and your tempo run, there's 90 seconds of yeah. difference. Like that's that's absolute bullshit. You, you've seen over here how easy they go. Mm. It's painfully slow. Yeah. Um, I said it before as well. I'm not sure if I said it on a podcast, but uh, your easy runs should be the same equivalent energy-wise as meeting your friend for a cup of coffee. Mm. You're just you're just chilling. Yeah. Um, because if you can... This is where... Irish people get in this grey zone of going too hard 
uh, are not not hard enough on their sessions mm. and not easy enough on their easy runs. Yeah. So you're just training in a grey zone. Yeah. Like your run today is like, e- like as easy as possible. You're wearing tracksuits and you're enjoying a run rather yeah. than fixated on the pace. Yeah. Um. So I think we need to we need to look at that as well. As in, just go easy. Mm. I think it could be an Irish Catholic guilt thing. <laughs> <laughs> where like you, you feel guilty for running like yeah if you don't work up the sweat yeah. yeah I know so th- that's where the purpose of every run has to come into yeah um, and then when someone goes full time or professional they can't just like y- you've seen Kenyans they're just like they just stare at the wall until the next run yeah where we'll go out to Costa for three or four hours mm. that's not recovering at no. all because your energy and the, the noise, like y- you're buzzed off the conversation as well, yeah. it's not recovering. Mm. Um, but yeah, that's I suppose there's a lot to change then, isn't there? Yeah, well, in, in a sense, from what you're saying, it's almost like you're saying that Irish people don't want to nearly do the boring thing sometimes, mm. nearly, nearly too busy being busy. Like, yeah, so obviously, having cystic fibrosis, do you feel that when you were growing up, every day you were probably overcoming obstacles that other people wouldn't obviously have to do do you reckon that helped you when you were an athlete in terms of because I always find it especially for you now if you you would would have been used to doing things that you didn't want to do so if you came you were talking about your training to me yesterday saying that you did weeks of 120 miles uh, even 120 plus do you feel like putting just straightforward graft into training was made easier by the other obstacles you had to overcome in your life Hmm. Um, I never ran to be healthy for CF. I ran to win. Uh, that was my mindset. It wasn't. A, it wasn't a case where if I run 120, I'm gonna be uh, a, a healthier CF. I mm. think my mind's changed now. I'm kind of like shit. Running is really good for me CF. Mm. I knew back then, but it wasn't. I, I didn't go into a session thinking this is gonna really bring me on yeah. health wise. Uh, I think doing 120 miles is probably no it wasn't probably it was it was a kind of a stupid thing my mindset is always to push and do more and more and more uh like i i i had my highest lung function there last year and I, i'm not happy with that it's probably like your pb mm. my lung function uh is i go into it every three months thinking i have to pb in this yeah uh, so it's the competitive nature of me uh but i think do you know when you were younger and you'd want to take a day off uh, school so you'd pull a sickie? Mm. I felt like I couldn't because then I, know, I knew I couldn't go out training that day. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I think that's that's the life of any somewhat active child, really. Yeah. <laughs> I know what you mean, though. Uh, and I never... I think having CF, I kind of wanted to prove people wrong that, like, I never told anybody I had CF up until... Uh, until I left school uh, I never told my friends or anything I think they really? knew yeah, I never wanted anybody to know uh, it was something that I was really self-conscious about uh, that I was like fuck I'm different to everybody else well, I suppose you've grown to own it really haven't you um, I think you'd probably become more comfortable in your old age about what you have or what you don't have uh, so I, I just I didn't want anybody to know when I was taking my nebulizer and um, if if my friends are coming around to the house, I'd hide it underneath the couch or I'd hide it behind the curtain because it's like they, they, they're going to ask questions about this machine in my mm. room. 
uh, even if I was taking digestive enzymes, which I have to take before every meal, uh, I used to be a ninja at it. Like nobody knew I was taking. My mom was like, "Did you take your enzymes?" Uh, I just never wanted anybody to know I was any different to anybody else. But I think, I think if it like, it's made me different. Um, and I, I probably wouldn't change it. I said it to Arthur today. If there was, I said it, one day CF will stand for cure found. <laughs> that's, a, that's a thing that people would CF say. But I actually, in a weird way, I don't really, I don't really mind if there's a cure around the corner or not. That's actually what I was going to ask you next because the first day that I was here meeting Derek, and obviously for for anybody who doesn't know, Derek is a, a Paralympian a marathon runner from Scotland, <clears throat> and obviously if you've done a podcast so I'm not going to give you the intro but basically he said that he wouldn't if he was given a magic wand he wouldn't go back to before it mm. and that in a way having some, having an obstacle to overcome has like shaped him more as a person so I was actually going to ask you the exact same thing but you've kind of answered it there which I think is really interesting and I think it's something that somebody who hasn't had those obstacles to overcome should probably nearly just, just be grateful for as well that if, if somebody has had to do so much more than me um, in terms of overcoming obstacles and overcoming challenges, but is still be able is still able to train as much as I am. Then what's my excuse, you know? So I think I think being around people like, you know, people who've just overcome things is really, like, just really inspirational as well, you know. Oh, I just I said, think we do have to go for I just gonna say. <laughs> uh, I think having CF has actually made me healthier as well. Probably has. Yeah, I feel everything I do in my in my life now I'm like is this going to benefit me or is this going to have a negative impact on me uh, and it's uh, yeah I think it's probably made me healthier like I'm I'm healthier than anybody in my family mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah I don't, I don't it's kind of like it, there's a new drug that came out and it was a game changer but I was asked to go on it and I didn't want to go on it because every every action has a reaction and mm. I didn't know what the reaction was to me going on this new drug I know what I'm like with CF and I'm like I don't I don't really know what's going to happen when I take this yeah and it turns out that you get cataracts from taking it <laughs> well. yeah so not with everybody but there is a huge uh, side effect from it uh, so yeah I don't I, I'm not sure how I'd feel about if there was a cure there it sounds weird like it's kind of uh, yeah, it, just, it sounds a bit weird that I don't want to get rid of it, but I suppose like you don't think you don't wake up every day and go, oh, I still have my left hand. <laughs> like I don't wake up every day going, I still have CF. I know, yeah. Um, so it's something that I've just grown up with, like your left hand. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah. Um. So I I'll, I'll end it with who is. Out of everybody in in the athletics world or outside the athletics world, whether it be uh, a musician or whoever it is, um, who would be your biggest inspiration for sports? Um, I think there's two, um, and they're both sports people in athletics, kind of not in my field or anything. And it has to be Rob Heffernan and Arthur Lanigan O'Keefe. I think growing up, like so, I was in I was in Brazil with Arthur when I was fifteen, and At I the think Olympics. yeah, um, and I think just like just I don't know just just like the mindset of a pentathlete at that level, and just the, I I don't know just just the 
the ability to be able to pick yourself up four times a day for training is just something that I don't think I'd be able to do. Like a heavy day for me is running twice and going to the gym. Like that's three, and like that's I go to bed happy that night. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I suppose for somebody like Arthur to do it four day four times a day, sometimes five, like day in day out, week in week out. I think like again, it's just like what's my excuse? Like you know what I mean? And I remember seeing that at such a young age, like. And then going back to training, and like at the time, my like my easy run day was a forty minute jog. I remember just like I'd finished my forty minute jog, and I'm like, "Jeez, if this was Arthur, he'd do four more training sessions today." <laughs> so that's probably the reason then that I should go down and foam roll for half an hour, or that I should, you know, like I don't know, do a bit of core instead of just like playing FIFA or whatever. So I think like being around somebody in that who has that mindset and that drive, and obviously the talent and achievements as well. I mean, he's European champion and. He was in the Olympic Games, so it's not like he's a slouch yeah. that just works out. I mean, like he's he's achieved so much, and I think being able to learn from him at such a young age has definitely shaped the way that I've approached training. Um, I think that's that was coupled definitely with like with the with the guidance of Steve as well, because like they're such critical years. Like I was with Steve when I was fifteen to when I was eighteen, and they're such critical years that you kind of learn a lot about yourself and learn about like what's the best for you, kind of like in between times, in between trainings and stuff like that. And I think coupled with Steve's regiment kind of of telling us what to do and when to do it along with just seeing it firsthand. and obviously this was in when he was at his absolute prime like it was two weeks before the Olympic Games he was in shape of his life just seeing that day to day was just so inspiring and then obviously the other name I, in- I mentioned was Rob Heffernan and that's that's the same thing before the um, it's not just because he's from Cork so. it plays a part but <laughs> uh, before the oh I have another uh, quick fire question for you alright go on well, I, I know the answer now, but uh, I was going to put it in instead of Roy Keane or Dennis Irwin. It was Rob Heffernan or Dervil O'Rourke. I'll say Rob Heffernan. Or Heffen. Colonel Leonard. Rob Heffernan. <laughs> no disrespect to the other two, but Rob Heffernan. Yeah. Um, see, and it's, a lot of it is the same thing. I think I'm definitely somebody who gets motivation from seeing... Like, if I went to a talk now, I don't think I'd get any motivation because I know it's it's a bit put on. Do you know what I mean? But I, I was almost like a fly on the wall with Arthur Lennon and McKeith two weeks out from the Olympics I don't think anybody else really had that opportunity especially when I was so young yeah. and it very similar then when I was I went to Guadix um, in Spain because I was going to the European Juniors in 2017 um, so I went to Guadix for nine days and Rob Rob was out there because this was before his last his last race uh, London 2017 and he was just it's just the work ethic like I think I get inspired by work ethic more than anything else um, and just same thing just seeing him like every day I'd be going out for a 40 minute run I might wake up and think oh fucking effort of this now going doing fucking 5 miles like yeah. and he's going w- walking like 30 40k nearly every day and it's just it's ridiculous like when you see when you do see it and I think having that exposure at such a young age as well was actually so good because it didn't it didn't in a way it didn't actually paint elite like sports profession in a very nice way in one sense because it was like I think if you're if you're a fourteen year old and the only kind of interaction or kind of exposure to these type of people you have is through your is through your phone, like you're seeing everything great. But like I was seeing really the you're ups and the downs. best version of what they are rather than the real life. Exactly, it? yeah. And I think it it was almost nearly a make or break thing for me at that age as well because it would have been very easy for me to say, "Jeez, I don't know, is this for me at all?" Like going away to these camps, like, like sure I love going to camps, but I mean, do you know, like just leaving home for, and like leaving everybody at home for like four, six, eight weeks at a time or whatever, I think being exposed to that at so young kind of helped me make up my mind as to whether I wanted to pursue this or not. Um, so I'd definitely say they're the two, they're the two people I've, I'm motivated by the most, 100%. Cool. 
Right, let's go for a run, so. Nice.